welcome back to another episode of Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ashley. And in today's episode, we have a special guest. Today, we got to sit down with Haley from Haley Berry's Books. It was really nice to get to talk to Haley. She and I had a great conversation through direct message on Instagram a little while back about YA books that she recommends that we all read. It was so great to talk to Haley, and we can't wait for you to hear our conversation. (laughs) So here's our interview with Haley. Thank you so much for joining us, Haley. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Thank you all so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk. Uh, like Ashley said, my name is Haley. I live in Texas. I've lived here since I was 16. Uh, my dad was in the military, so I moved when I was younger, but I'm now claiming Texas as my home. Um, I'm biracial. I identify as biracial. I think that's important when we start talking about like the books we're going to talk about soon. Uh, my dad is black. My mom is white. Um, I identify as both. I work with college students. Um, at the University of Texas at Austin. I'm a very proud Longhorn, um, obnoxiously proud Longhorn, and (laughs) I love to talk about books. I'm super excited to talk about these books with y'all. I'm really, really excited to have this conversation. Um, I read The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas, um, I think in the fall of 2017 or 2018 um and I also read On the Come Up by her as well um and I remember like telling everyone that I think that they should read it I am literally staring across my room I have On the Come Up I'm maybe a third of the way through um and I've had it for so long and I waited to read it because I loved the hate you give uh, so much that I was so afraid to read it. And I started it and read the first like 50 pages in five minutes. And was like, why did I wait so long? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on my list to finish because I think Angie Thomas is such a wonderful writer. She's good at writing about experiences in life as people actually live it. It's not fake. It's not orchestrated. Like the character she writes, the stories they have, the experiences they live are actual lived experiences of people today. And I think that's such an important thing to have in literature, especially for young people, because I do not remember these stories when I was growing up at all. Um, I feel like what I read, if I read a book about a character that was not white, um, it was a slave narrative, or it Mm -hmm. was someone escaping slavery, or who lived through slavery, or was living in like the post-antebellum South, which was not a great place for Black people. Um, And so they were these really hard stories to read. And so I'm so thankful that Angie Thomas writes the book she writes and that there are other uh, black and brown authors of young adult books, because I feel like there are kids today and young people today and adults today reading these books that I never read and seeing these experiences that I would have loved to see for myself when I was the age that these characters are. Do you ever recommend books to your students? And oh my <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you, yes, I constantly have a book on my desk. They make so much fun of me. Um, <laughs> one of them told me that when I go home, she thinks I sit in a chair in front of a fire and read all day. <laughs> <laughs> the dream. Don't we all wish we could all do that? <laughs> it was like, first of all, like, I know you mean that because you're like mad at me right now. But also thank you for that compliment that my personality <laughs> is my personality. Um, validation. So, yeah, it's a validation. I'm doing everything right. I constantly have a book on my desk. I'm constantly recommending books. 
um, when they are talking about their homework or assignments, they have a book like nine times out of 10. I'm like, wait, what does that take a picture and send it to me? I want to read it. So it is a constant conversation uh, in my office of that they all should be reading more. I think about in the United States, people who were of my descent were not allowed to read for a really long time. Um, it was like straight up illegal to teach a slave how to read. Um, and people were killed for knowing how to read and knowing how to write. And it was something that I think it's such a gift that there are people who lived through that and didn't have these same opportunities. And that I have an opportunity to like, I can sit down and I'm staring at my room right now. I have so many books and most of them I have not read, but that I want to read um, and things that I get to learn and so many people who look like me did not have that opportunity Uh, and to me it's such a gift and I know people like that might sound like hokey or cheesy but I really do think it is um, that I can wake up every morning and read a book and no one can tell me no Um, yeah I think that's such a like powerful thing and an important thing to think about and that's why I love even more that we've seen all of these black and brown authors like writing and that their stories are being like bought and turned into movies and tv shows and these voices are getting out because for so long our voices were illegal Um, and it's just such a really amazing thing that we can sit on here and have this conversation about books that were written by black women and uh, black men and that they're like literally allowed to read it when 300 years ago, we weren't. Besides The Hate You Give, what are some other books that you would recommend? Or um, do you have any other favorite authors who have given you that same feeling as Angie Thomas? Oh, I'm ready. Okay, I have my <laughs> So yeah, I got my notepad out. I'm going to take notes. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> I'm like clearing my throat. Okay, so the first, this is going to be weird. I'm going to try to keep these in a like rhythm, but it's not going to be because I'm going to spiral um so do we (laughs) so a really good book um that I read after I read uh The Hate You Give was Dear Martin Mm. it's by Nick Stone and Nick Stone has several books that are also super amazing but this one is I think particularly just it's wonderfully written it made me cry I think I read it over like a year because I just couldn't finish it because it made my heart just break open in a million pieces. Um, It has a similar premise to The Hate You Give, uh, but the character in the story is writing a letter to Martin Luther King Jr. um, for a class assignment where he's asked to write to Martin about how the world is different now than the world Martin lived in. And uh, there is something that happens and one of his friends is killed by a police officer and he is grappling with what has happened to his friend and what is happening in the world today with this reality that Martin Luther King left us. And the ending is like the most beautiful chapter of a book I have ever read. Mm. Uh, it is so powerful and beautiful and hopeful. And I think that that is what just made it to me. Like it was such a wonderful representation of Sometimes in this country, it does not matter how much money you have, the school you go to, or what your parents do, you are still a black boy living in America. Um, And this book hit that home in such a way I thought it was so beautifully done. And I'm so excited because Nick Stone is giving us a gift in 2020, because I think we all need a gift in 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and the main character's name is Justice, and Dear Justice is coming out, and I cannot I, I was going to say, I, I think I saw the cover floating around, and I've had Dear Martin on my radar. I was it's, looking, and it says that that was her first, this is her first novel, too, Dear Martin. And she's written so many other ones, and I've read, and now I can't think of a single one of them. I've read a handful of her other ones, and then I had, like, three on hold at my library, and my library closed. So yeah. one day I will read those. Um <laughs> But she is um, a beautiful write- writer. Some of it's told in like story narrative format. And then some of it's told in these letters he writes to um, Martin Luther King. Um, and it's just, I think it's just incredible. Um, I do suggest, this is what I told Ashley. I suggest you read The Hate You Give first and then read uh, Dear Martin. I think that they're good, almost companion pieces to one another because The Hate You Give gives a very specific backstory to the characters and a very specific way um it's a very specific story about black america and then dear martin talks about another side of black america and how no matter how much your life changes or how much money you have again um there are some people who still see all black people as black people living in america and i think those reading them in that order i think is like pure magic you have to follow it with all american boys Okay. Um, so Jason Reynolds wrote this with Brendan Keeley, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Um, Jason Reynolds, Alex talks about all the time. And so I knew I had to read it because anything she reads, I decide I should read too. That's <laughs> how my life though. operates. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like it's just, if she says jump, I'm like, okay, where, uh, <laughs> But this book, I think, is a really good final. Um, And why I say that is because this is a really interesting version because it talks about uh, police brutality but not um, a shooting. And there is a young black man who's in ROTC who, like, changes out of his uniform and is wearing, like, he describes, like, baggy jeans and a long shirt and whatever, goes in a convenience store um, and is then attacked by a police officer and one chapter is told by him and the next chapter is told by a witness who is a white teenager who goes to the same high school who is childhood best friends with the police officer's brother Uh, and so it's this back and forth of this young black man who is trying to figure out like what has happened to him and kind of what he wants to do following this act of violence against him and this white teenager who is really grappling with this man who he viewed as his father doing something that he cannot understand and what he's going to do in response kind of against the wishes of those around him. And this is another one that the last line, I would read it out loud to y'all, but I don't, I literally will start to cry. Um, I, it, it was beautiful and wonderful and I think a good excellent exploration of on every side of issues there are two people or more people and how this person kind of had these ideas about police and police brutality and then seeing something happen in his own eyes and how he maneuvered that with his reality of the world was just like just ugh. I'm really excited about that. I hadn't heard of that. I obviously had have heard of Jason Reynolds and I have about like I have um was it Long Way Down or something like that. 
I think, by him um, on my TBR because Alex is like, he is amazing. I hadn't heard of this before until you you mentioned it, Haley. And I just, I think I'm going to read all three of these in that order, exactly as you described it, and then like review them as a collective piece. Um, I, I mean, I just, they just sound phenomenal to go together. Yes, I think they're, they should be sold as companion pieces to one another. They look at all sides of this super complex and very emotionally charged issue in a way I think is done sometimes in the media and sometimes not in the media, um, but a way of exploring that there is no one black experience. Mm-hmm. There is no one black America. Um, we're not like a monolithic population of humans. We are all very different and the way we grow up is different. And these stories are three very different young black people who are all around the same issue of police brutality and who all kind of come to their feelings about it in a very different way, uh, but in a very like satisfying way for them, which makes it so satisfying as a reader. And I cannot recommend those three enough. I think they should be required reading for America as a collective unit. (laughs) I agree. That's what I, when I finished the hate you give, I was like, this needs to be read in every single school um, just because I think it, number one, I feel like it would give a lot of young black kids just like a sense of confidence that like their feelings are so valid. I think how I felt about when I finished On the Come Up, that was the first time that I could articulate what you just said about there's not one experience. Um, And I think that's such an important thing for non-black and brown people to realize um, I realize I come from a place of privilege I'm by bi- I'm biracial my mom is white and and there are certain places where that matters um, a lot and in this country is one of those places where it does matter that I can go in public with my very blonde mother with very blue eyes and I have that like protection um, of the fact that I have a white mom um, and a lot of people don't have that and those aren't things that are written in books and even in a lot of <clears throat> YA books that I've read that feature characters of color um, in the last few years, they've actually had like biracial characters mm. um, because we are becoming the majority. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there are more authors writing books about their experience. Uh, I'm reading Color Me right now and it's about a biracial girl. She's half Jewish and half black. And it is, it's, I mean, she's, I think, 15 in the book and kind of grappling with, you know, she was raised mostly in like a very white world with her Jewish father. And then um, her family moves back to Harlem after her parents separate. And she's kind of being thrust into this culture that's so unlike the one she's in. And she's like, has like a foot in each culture. And I read that and I was like, I needed this at 16 in a way that I didn't know I needed because I was grappling so much with like who I was and what I was doing. And I was also 16, which is like not a great time for most of us. And I am just, I just, I read the first 100 pages and I had to put it down because it just got so real Mm of her talking about like straightening her hair um, because the kids at school, like, like, just like, you know, the people at school liked it better. Cause like it made her fit in or she really wanted her hair in braids cause her cousins had braids. And one of her cousins told her like, you're not like us, stop trying to pretend. Um, and just like 
knowing that I've had moments like that where people have told me I'm not from either culture Mm -hmm. and knowing that they're like this author can articulate that and put it in words and like put it in the world for other people to read. I'm like, this is what like we need. It's for kids to feel like they're not alone and that they're not different and they're not weird and that they're not alone in this country and that we all don't have this like pleasant Valley high, sweet Valley high, Jessica and Elizabeth experience in the world like that is not how we all live yeah that's I mean I think that's so incredible and one of the reasons why YA I think is like bridging this gap that's why I read a lot I mean I love I love to read to escape but then another big reason I think of why we all read is to learn and to grow and to understand a little bit more and how else can you better understand than reading a a, a fictional or a non-fictional story from someone that um you may not be able to relate to, or you haven't been able to, you haven't had that, their experiences and learning how to empathize or at least getting to see an example of that through literature. And it's usually a more, you know, a very digestible format, especially I think with YA. I think that that's why Phoebe and I wanted to do a YA series because we think that young adult novels generally tend to reach a wider audience because Everybody at some point was a 16-year-old grappling with um, their place in this world and finding themselves, and that's something we can all relate to. Yeah. I mean, The Hate You Give is still on the New York Times bestseller, like, top 10. Oh, it should stay there forever. I it's agree. So I really want to get you to read it tomorrow. I know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but I'm very interested because I know, Ashley, you live in the South. Right. Um, And I think that that adds a very specific angle to these stories just because of like the history of the South. Where I live in um, North Carolina, I'm 30 minutes from Greensboro, Mm -hmm. which as we know, you know, that's where the sit-ins were. I mean, there's so much, uh, such a history of racial discrimination right in my town where I am. And um so I, for the, the past five years or so that I've been here, you know, we see that we see a lot of um, 1983 cases come where the counties or the cities or, or what have you are still being sued for racial discrimination, not just uh, yeah. police brutality, but all, all sorts of different cases. And we're still seeing those cases. And we're also seeing counties try to rectify some of that. And so from a legal perspective, it's it's something that I've I've noticed a lot in the past five years, but just from a cultural perspective too. I mean, the history is abundant here. So Haley, what do you think? In addition to, are there any other books that we missed that you would recommend to um, us to anybody? And my second question, in addition to that, is um, how do you think that non-brown and black people should approach these books? Do you have any? Mm-hmm. Um, anything that we should keep in mind as we're reading it or the way that we should approach reviewing them or any sort of insight on that? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to start with a few more books I think y'all should read. And this is now, they're not all um, authors of color, but they are why books I've read in the last year that made my heart soar. Okay. Um, So you mentioned first, you mentioned the first series, which was truly devious, which I cannot put into feelings how much this series means to me oh my gosh uh, I have to read it <laughs> so this is what I'm saying so I, I don't want to spoil too much but I, and I would love to hear your thoughts on it 
um, because obviously I've talked at nauseum with Alex about it, who is um, enthusiastic to say the least. I loved this series. I loved having a murder mystery series with the level of inclusivity. I read it because, again, Alex told me to read it, and I am president of her fan club, as I am not (laughs) even ashamed to say. I read the first one in five minutes. It took me months to get it from the library. The second one, I read the second one in literally two hours at night at like 1 a.m. She sent me the third one. I opened it at work and screamed. I was so (laughs) excited. I read it that night. I'm going to send you the video. I'll post it on my stories again. Okay. (laughs) I sobbed like a literal child at the end of this book. All I'm saying, I will give you this one word. And Phoebe, when you read it, get back to me. Moose. Oh, I knew that's what you were going to (laughs) say. I knew it. Which oh, it's you. so good. But that whole series I recommend. I think it's um diverse characters done really well and done in a way that is so different from anything I've ever seen. Uh a very large expanse of the sea mm. or of sea by Tahira Mafi. I t- might have pronounced her last name wrong. I read that on a plane in two hours. Oh wow. It's about a young girl um right after nine eleven who is Muslim and there is definitely a lot of like hatred and a lot of xenophobia and a lot of Islamophobia. And she talks about this experience of like young love in a way that is like, so like I kept giggling. Cause I'm like, I remember feeling like that about my high school boyfriend, but then adding in this like very specific like time period, like it was like 2002 when this book is set. So right mm-hmm. after nine 11 and it's just, it's so fantastic. I super recommend that unpregnant by mm. Jenny Hendricks and Ted Kaplan literally read it in an hour not a brag about how fast I read just a fact <laughs> about how fast I flew it I live in Texas that's all I will say about that um this book and the messages and everything about it are I thought so important and something that again I wish I had understood as a high schooler um, last two, Hot Dog Girl. <laughs> it's so not like anything else I recommended. Uh, I picked it up because I thought the cover was so ridiculous. I couldn't not read it. And I found it was, I just, I really liked it again. I'm all about messages and like complexity, which I'm actually not in real life, but I'm weirdly like that in characters. Um, the characters were just so complex and so interesting and so multifaceted. And the story is about making this summer before your senior year like the best summer ever and then the last one um it's called black girl unlimited Mm, i've heard of this one by echo brown it's part biography autobiography excuse me part magical realism Ooh. Uh, and it's all about how um it kind of takes that phrase black girl magic and presents it in a very interesting way it's super different from any book I've read about growing up in like the 80s she talks about how like the her neighborhood was this beautiful neighborhood in this beautiful kingdom until like the evil crack came into the kingdom um Mm -hmm. and kind of how the crack epidemic really targeted where she lived and how that affected her growing up and it um 
super different from anything else I recommended, but kind of along the same themes of there's not one monolithic black experience. And those are my recommendations. Is there anything that we as, you know, white reviewers or white readers of these books, is there anything that, you know, we should approach, how we should approach this, these books or talking about these books or or reviewing these books? Yes. So I think one is just read books by people that don't look like you. Mm -hmm. I think that should be just straight up number one. I think that it's totally great to read books by authors with characters that are like you. I think that's wonderful. That's why I read these books is because I want to read about someone like me. But I think to that point, you also need to read about people not like you. So one is just read the books. Uh, Two, I think listen to the reviewers and voices of people from these communities. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean one person. That's many people. Uh, if you are on bookstagram and all of the people you follow look just like you, you should probably follow some new people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a hashtag, it's diversify bookstagram. I encourage everyone to follow it. It's, um, bookstagrammers of color and books of color by people of color, excuse me. And I think that's an important thing to do. Just amplify those voices. Uh, I also think that there are times when there are books that maybe get a lot of hype or get a lot of publicity that people from the community don't appreciate or don't feel represent them well. I think we should listen to those voices um, Mm -hmm. and hear what they have to say. I think it's totally fair. Read If you want to read the book, read the book. I'm not telling you not to read books. Um, I think everyone should be reading always. Uh, But if you're hearing a specific community consistently saying that a book is not representative or is not good for them. I think that we should listen to that. Um, and I think my biggest thing is I think this is such the like person who works with young people, stay curious and ask questions and don't feel like your questions are, uh, in poor taste or that your questions are going to be taken the wrong way. I feel like I've already learned so much and feel like I have, a better vocabulary on how to go about um, like discovering more people and authors and reviewers. Um, and I'm really excited to read some of these books that you recommended. Um, so do you have any final thoughts for us? Anything else for our listeners that you think that it's important they should know? Um, I just thank y'all again for having me and was super excited and also very nervous. Uh, when Ashley sent the message, I think I appreciate y'all letting me kind of share my thoughts and feelings. And I appreciate that y'all are very open to wanting to learn more and open about there are things you understand and things you don't. And you are not trying to be the experts on everything. I appreciate that in people. I'm also not an expert in any way. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are going to hear what I say and 100% disagree with everything I said. Uh, and that's totally fine. I think just why they're important. I think that we should all be reading them. I encourage you all to read every book that I mentioned. They're wonderful books by wonderful authors. And if you have questions about anything, my DMs are always open. I'm always happy to talk to y'all about whatever you're reading and whatever you might have questions about, or if you want more recommendations, come on over. No, this was so great, um, Haley. This was really insightful. And I feel like, like I said, I have all these books, I will, I'm going to try my best to finish 
the hate you give by the time we wrap up this YA series. Oh, please, Ash, I want to talk about it. I know. I know. This is the push I needed. So thank you so much for um, talking with us, Haley, and providing this insight. And we really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks, y'all. Thank you again to Haley for sitting down and talking with us. I don't know about you, Phoebe, but I am very excited to read all of these books now. Um, A lot of them were already on my TBR, as you know, but um, I'm really excited to prioritize these even more. Yeah, I think that a lot of these books are a great example of kind of the points that we've been making throughout this series that just because a book is YA doesn't mean it can't be as poignant or as important um, as a, a traditionally written adult novel is. Thank you again to Haley. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts, or you can stop by our Instagram post today. You can find us at Read It or List It Pod, and um, let us know in the comments whether you've read any of these books or if you are adding any of them to your TBR. And links to all of these books can be found on my website, readandwrite.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Original music by Jake Thorne. Original artwork by Lindsay Huckabee. You can find Lindsay on Instagram at lindsaydrawsitagain or on Etsy at lindsaydrawsco. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at readitorlistitpod. All rights reserved, 2020.